Hello everyone and welcome back to the self-care guide. This episode is a continuation on the previous part where I discussed important study habits. Now I'm going to be talking about study methods and how I applied them. All over YouTube, which is where I learned about most of this, I found videos talking about studying principles and their importance, but it was really difficult for me to find implementations of these strategies. So I plan on discussing not only these incredible principles and strategies and the science behind them, but also the ways in which that I applied them. There are two parts to studying something, which include understanding the concept as a whole and being able to remember important information, like equations or names that you may need while answering questions. Uh, To ensure you understand a topic, you should pay close attention in class, ask questions, clear all of your doubts, and ensure that you fully understand what the teacher is explaining. Notes help to go back and refer to what the teacher explained to you, but if it distracts you from actually listening, you definitely don't need to be taking notes. You should probably have some sort of resources like textbooks or pre-prepared notes so that you can make the notes that you need later on but taking notes in class does tend to save you a lot of time. In visual topics like organ systems, it helps especially to watch videos that show you the whole process and explain it to you, just to make sure that you have an overall understanding of everything. The Feynman technique is a really popular way to understand a topic, which is actually closely related to summarizing topics. You first need to take some time to read up on the topic, watch a video, attend a class, whatever you want. Then try to explain it to somebody else. As you're explaining, specifically to someone who has no idea about that topic, you'll notice gaps in your explanation. This allows you to go back and revise your explanation and try again. Uh, While teaching it to somebody else, you have to make sure to avoid any jargon because that is unnecessary to build a conceptual understanding. The key to teaching it to someone else is to summarize and then keep summarizing it. You can teach it to a parent or willing sibling or any inanimate object. I personally teach it to my dog. Even though uh, he doesn't ask me any questions, um, I think it's easier for me to talk to him and explain it clearly, and I feel like I'm not wasting too many people's time. Just repeating the same thing or simplified versions, you know, after explaining it a couple of times, maybe you'll feel like a certain sentence is too wordy or like a certain phrase is not well explained. And this really helps because um, sometimes we are given facts, but we don't really understand how these facts work. So by explaining this to other people or even ourselves, we can realize these gaps in our understanding. We know what is happening, but we don't know why it's happening. So maybe doing some further reading so that you actually so that you fully get what's happening can really help you write an answer much better. Just repeating the same thing or simplified versions of the same thing also helps me memorize the concept really well as an additional bonus. Beyond understanding the concept, you have to be able to remember the concept and explain it or apply it in an exam, like I mentioned earlier. 
There are a couple of methods you can apply to memorize something that fall under two categories or two principles. The first is a study method that people accidentally apply called active recall. It's exactly as the name suggests, just learning things and then repeating those things by retrieving it out of your memory. Our brains are like closets. The more often you pull out a certain piece of clothing or information, the easier it gets to do it the next time. So the more practice you get retrieving information from your brain, the easier it gets to do so in an exam or a test. I apply active recall by doing exactly that, making myself remember something and then write or say it. I would maybe read a chapter in a textbook or watch a video, and then I would write down everything I could remember as a mind map, paragraph, or in point form. This is called blurting because you're doing just that, blurting everything that you can remember. After blurting, to ensure you didn't miss anything out, uh, you should go back and read the notes again. Mark everything that you didn't write or wrote incorrectly onto the same sheet, like with the same mind map or the same paragraph, but with a different colored pen. When I'm revising before an exam, I make sure to go over the things in the different colored pens and maybe read about them in a textbook, maybe a little bit more in depth, because those are the things I don't remember well or possibly don't understand well. It feels really fancy to call the second method a study method that falls under active recall because everybody does it to build muscle memory. But this is doing practice questions which is amazing because you're actively recalling the information and you're practicing writing answers in expected formats for your exams. When you're doing practice papers, it's better to write the answers and only after you're done should you refer to the mark scheme or the answer sheet. This way you don't end up just reading the answers and writing them down. Past papers are actually really helpful because you get some idea of what things are focused on, what kind of questions you need to be able to answer, and just the general flow of questions. Maybe you have to design an experiment or explain a concept in certain amounts of depth and only that much depth. And you know, these are the ways in which you need to answer them. Mark schemes are extremely helpful. So maybe when you sit down with your first pass paper, refer to the questions and the mark scheme together or look at the mark scheme after you've attempted answering the questions so that you fully get an understanding of what is expected. Uh, candidate responses are also really helpful. Um, I have syllabus guides for all of my subjects where they list down all of the content I need to know and they show me examples of answers. So if you can look at some past papers that people have already answered, will get some idea of how to write your answers or how to show your working better. The next principle is a study method called spaced repetition. This is a really valuable memory related tip and it is based on the memory curve. The memory curve basically describes how we retain memory and that is that we remember it best on the day that we learned it but uh, by the fourth or fifth day, we forget most of what we learned. It, this shows that it's important to repeat learning or going over facts 
so that you refresh your memory before it completely fades. So maybe by the third or fourth day, you have to go over a topic once more to ensure you don't forget it. However, revising one topic every five days would be really difficult, especially if you have several subjects all in great depth. Initially, maybe you'd have to repeat it every few days because it's a new topic, but eventually you could go weeks at a time without revising the topic and still being able to answer it because you're slowly building up your capacity to retain that particular piece of information. I know two ways in which I can apply these, but I don't use them often because they take a lot of time. The first one is flashcards. Personally, flashcards did not work too great because I would make way too many flashcards and it was just too tiresome to revise so many every day. So I deserve flashcards for certain topics like chemical analysis or mathematical formulae. They are, there are a couple of systems that you could use with flashcards, especially if you're using physical flashcards. I thought I would have to revise my flashcards every day, but um, that proved to be a lot difficult, especially because I had so many subjects. So this is the method that I used with physical flashcards. I would make five buckets, which I revised like continuously less often. So the first bucket was revised every day. The second bucket was revised every two days. The third bucket was revised every five days. The fourth bucket was revised every week. And the fifth bucket was revised every two weeks. I put all of my flashcards in the first bucket in the beginning. Every time that I got a card correct, I moved it up a bucket. If I got it wrong, I moved it down a bucket. This way, whatever I was really good at, you know, what I was able to remember easier, maybe I'd been revising it for longer, was in the fourth and fifth buckets. And whatever I was bad at or what I was newly learning was in the first and second bucket. I only memorized the cards that I needed to often and the rest less often. There are also applications like Quizlet and Anki which allow you to make flashcards online. I definitely prefer online flashcards to physical ones. I don't know too much about Quizlet but Anki automatically orders and spaces your flashcard based on how confident and accurate your answers are. I think it's really helpful and it definitely uses spaced repetition algorithms to make sure that you retain information the best. However, people make way too many mistakes when creating their flashcards. The first thing is to make sure there isn't too much information on a flashcard. I would write down an entire topic's worth of information on one flashcard, which meant I omitted a lot of details. And when I was answering the flashcard, maybe I would get most of the information on the flashcard and I'd miss out a couple of important points. So there were only a few. So I think I understood the flashcard, even though I hadn't. If you miss a small part, even though important, you won't realize it. So don't be afraid to break your card into two or three or more flashcards. That way you phrase the question so that you understand only understand and memorize only small important bits at a time rather than everything at once. The way that you phrase the question is also really important. If you're asking for a list of things, 
it's important to mention how many things are on the list. What are two things needed for catalytic cracking to take place is better than questions like, what does catalytic cracking need? I'm sure there are, when you download Anki, it gives you an explanation of how to make flashcards. So I would definitely refer to that, even if you're making physical flashcards. Another way that I apply spaced repetition is listing questions for myself and practicing answering them. I take all the information in a topic and then list them as a question, list them as several questions. Rather than the heart is made of cardiac muscles, I write the question, what is the heart tissue made of? Then I practice answering these questions. The first time I only, I answer all of the questions and then the next time I only answer the questions that I didn't get correct or that I couldn't answer at all. That way I repeat the questions or the topics that I'm only, that I'm very weak with. The first time I do all the questions, the second time maybe I'm left with 10 questions, the next time five and I carry on until I can answer all the questions and I repeat cycle. I usually just say the answers out loud, but writing them down is also an option. This, this is extremely time consuming like flashcards. So I reserve this for topics that have a lot of problem in remembering, but mostly for topics that involve a lot of explanation rather than, you know, facts and numbers that I have to remember. There are some other study methods that people like, uh, like highlighting information in textbooks, summarizing their notes at the end of the day, and rereading notes. Some of these are really helpful, like summarizing your notes. If you don't look at your notes and summarize your notes, you're applying active recall. But people tend to do this wrong. They tend to make open book notes or open book summaries, which are definitely not helpful if you're trying to learn or memorize. Highlighting and rereading are actually really terrible because you're not getting any information into your brain. Maybe it helps when you're learning a topic initially, you know, because you actually need to read the topic to know what's going on to actually start memorizing. But beyond that, it doesn't help you retain that memory. So these three study methods, spaced repetition, the Feynman technique, and active recall are the best things that you can use. If you feel like you didn't understand something that I've spoken about, or if you need it explained in depth, I'll link some of the best videos I could find in the description of this episode that explains all these concepts to you. Thank you so much for listening. I hope this helped you with your studying, and I'll see you next week.